0: Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's going to take the next few minutes to share some great words of hope, insight, humor, and relevance. In today's lost and searching world, that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Speaking of that, we'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime through our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, there's so many ways to connect with us from there that you really need to check it out for yourself richardellistalks.com. But right now, let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis.
1: The title of today's message is You're Being Played. How many of you know what it means to be played? All right, so we're on the same page here. For someone who doesn't know what it means to get played, it means to be dissed or insulted, to be tricked especially into doing something you would not normally do could also be to be manipulated into a relationship where there is no real love, a man pretending to like a woman and he only wants sex, or likewise a woman pretending she wants sex but really wants money. So some pretty obvious categories there. I actually did a search and you can't imagine how many websites there are to tell you whether you're getting played or not. Seven things, eight things, ten things. There were 22 things on one side. Whether you're getting played. One of them had seven things. Players pretend to catch feelings quickly. So it's all emotional up front. Number two, players love to give nicknames. I wasn't aware of this one. Nicknames. Players love to ask you about your sex life. Players love to spoil you with compliments. Players will start to talk about their lives Players love to pull the line, quote, I would treat you better than that. I would never do you wrong, which pretty much incriminates him right there. And seven, players will not want to be seen in public or have a public relationship. Now, I don't want a show of hands if you've ever been played. A lot of us have been played. I got played in eighth grade. (laughs) I think her name was Kay Ashworth. Um... (laughs) Not that I remember her name. So I'm about five foot two, goofy looking, long hair, kind of, you know, not a lot has changed. But anyhow, went on some church retreat. I didn't know anything about women. She was beautiful, a little taller than me, which is normally the case at that age. And she was beautiful. Got on a bus and going out to this little church retreat thing, she played me. Made me think she liked me. I think she even kissed me. That could have been another girl, but I think it was Kay. (laughs) And somewhere in my possessions is a picture of me as a 14-year-old little guy literally just sobbing. And I don't know who took this picture or why, but it was captured this moment where on the way back from this retreat, she had already dumped me. It was just a game to her, and she had found her some other person to play with and nothing for me. Now you say, well, you know... You should have known better you're 14 you're 20 you're 30 you're 40 you're 50 you should know better too but you know what we don't we get played and I think part of me got calloused then I thought you know that will never happen to me again I let that happen that will never happen and then that's the danger you get played and then you get hardened and then you're not even sure you want to love again because you don't know if it's even possible who can you trust Anybody have any similar situation like that in their life, you can do a show of hands on that. You know, it's just, it's tough. It's real. And my dad used to tell me, he said, it may be puppy love, but it's real to the puppy. (laughs) And that's true. Go to Proverbs chapter 7. The beginning of Proverbs, the whole thing about Proverbs is to get wisdom, is to get understanding. It's to pay attention. It's to go to God and let him help you, okay? So if you are tired of getting played by men, women, employers, the devil himself, because see, if you're getting sucked into evil, if you're getting sucked into sin, if you're getting trapped, enticed, all these things, the Bible, these words that are used, you get pulled in, the devil is just playing you. And he promises you what? Love. He says, you know, come over here and and pleasure. Now, the problem is he delivers on some of his stuff because he promises pleasure and he delivers pleasure, but it's kind of like the hook with that live worm on it. The worm is alive, kind of, and it's used as bait. And you think you're getting the worm. You don't know that you've bargained for the hook, the boat, the grill, the everything, you thought it was just that juicy worm and it was all going to be okay. So you have to pay attention. We have to pay attention and be aware. The Bible describes the devil like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, which, by the way, is not sneaky. A roaring lion is not a sneaky thing. And if you, how many of you ever heard in person a lion roar? Raise your hand. It is not a sneaky thing. They declare themselves, and literally the air kind of reverberates around you. You know you are near a lion when a lion roars. So he comes after you, and he's looking for people to devour. So you have to be aware of this. And you say, well, I keep getting played over and over and over again. At some point, it's not God's fault. It's not even the devil's fault. We make choices. We become slaves of certain sins at times, and we cannot get out without help. So Proverbs, just let me read you a few. This is at the end of this run about, and it could be men, in this case the woman is the player, and the player, the guy who thinks he's the player, is getting played by another player. And when it all comes about, verse 21, Proverbs 7, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her, as an ox goes for the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. You say, well, I'm just having a little fun out here and I know I might get played, but I don't care. At some point, it could literally cost your life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for she has cast down many wounded and all who were slain by her were strong men her house is the way to hell descending to the chambers of death now go to first samuel 16 a few pages back to your left actually it's an unusual thing to happen but it does happen first samuel 16. now this is the story of david little shepherd kid becoming king anointed king of israel and he would not be crowned king for about 16 years later And Samuel goes out, and he is anointed. And let's just jump down to that, verse 12, I think it is. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes, and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And look at what happens next. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord would come on people, but he could go off of people. This is not just a technicality. This is pivotal to what I'm going to say to you today, so please listen. It is one thing for the Spirit of God to come on you, and that being a crazy, amazing experience. It is another thing for the Spirit of God to move in your body. And promise that he will never leave. He will never forsake you. You can't get rid of him. So when I became a Christian, I did not have the spirit of God come around me, on me, near me. I had the spirit of God come live in me. I have God living inside my body. If you are a Christian and you understand at some place that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, raised from the dead... And that eternal life is a gift. You accepted that gift. You repented of your sin. You say, God, you're right. I'm wrong. I agree with you now. Come live in me, through me, change me. When you get your ticket to heaven, you cannot get a ticket to heaven without getting the Holy Spirit of God inside your body. Okay? Now, if you don't understand that or you think that you can check him at the door at some bar with the bouncer, hey, could you hold my Holy Spirit? I'm going to go do some really bad things. I'll be right back. It doesn't work that way. Where you go, he goes. Who you sleep with, he sleeps with. What you see, he sees. What you think, it's all he's wrapped up in there. And he is trying to get a hold of your life and change it so that you stop getting played by everybody but him. And we'll get to that in a minute. So the spirit of God comes on him from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, who was king at the time, And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. They had an idea. Let's go find somebody who plays the harp and maybe the music will help. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well. And I love the fact that it says, play well. Don't bring me just any old player. So Saul said, go get me someone who is good. Who can play well and bring him to me? Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing. Look at these things that he is. He's skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. What a guy. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David. Who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them by his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And if you know the story of David and Goliath, who is Saul's armor bearer? And Saul is trying to give David his armor. David is very familiar with Saul's armor because he's his armor bearer. He goes, This will never work. Then Saul sent to Jesse, please let David stand before me for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well and the distressing spirit would depart from him. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? God uses different instruments. He uses people to play those instruments, and extraordinary things happen. It's interesting. I know this will be a great comfort to many of you. It doesn't mention preaching in heaven, but music never goes away, never. And what you get here is just a taste of what's coming one day. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You have no idea. You know, Don't miss heaven just for Jesus and the music. There's a couple of reasons you want to make heaven. (laughs) Go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Okay, so a guy named Saul, who's basically kind of a terrorist Jewish guy, killing Christians, he is kind of, to say the least, confronted with God himself, And believes, becomes a Christian, and now the thing is unfolding. And verse 13, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call your name. But the Lord said to him, said to Ananias, go, why? For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. This word vessel means an implement, a vessel, equipment, or apparatus, goods, a sale, stuff, vessel. Literally compares him to kind of an implement, a tool. I'm just going to say it out loud and then we're going to get into this. Here's what it looks like. You say, well, I'm just little old me. I don't have many skills. I don't have abilities. I don't have whatever I have. You can develop those. What you have to know that you have, and what I said a little while ago, is you have God himself living inside you if you're a Christian. So if he lives in you, he can do extraordinary things in you and through you. I've got a friend, a young guy who's on the Latin American PGA Tour, somehow, long story how this guy ends up in my life, and he asked me the day, he was at a Q School thing, he said, would you come carry my bag, would you caddy for me? I go, absolutely. So I go out there and carry his bag around, and prayed the whole way, and had an opportunity to explain to him how this works. And I said, Chris, here's how it works. You are a great golfer. You have a skill set at 25 that is extraordinary. But I said, it is not just about you. The best golfer in the universe is Jesus. So you can only play so good. And if word gets out what I'm about to tell you, you'll get disqualified. Because when you yield your hands and your feet, you're literally your whole body, you say, Lord, if this is what you have for me to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and you yield all that you are and all that you have, then the Spirit of God can literally play golf through you. You say, well, God doesn't care about that. Then how are you going to pray that he will bless your endeavors if he doesn't care about these things? If you're going to go to work every day, you say, well, God doesn't care about my work. Of course he cares about your work. He has put you there as salt and light. And part of what the scripture talks about is don't go there and work as men pleasers for eye service just when someone's watching. Christians ought to be the best employees on the planet. But you go to work and say, God, I'm honing my skills. I've gotten an education. I study, I read, I do everything I know to do. But God, I can only do so much even if I'm the best at what I do, I can only go so far. So I yield my body. I literally ask you to take my life into your hands and do with my life what I could never accomplish by myself. Then there's no such thing as a nobody. No such thing. Because I know people that are smarter than me, more money than me, more a bunch of things than I am, but they're not always available, not always available. And you may be one of those people. You say, well, but I've only got so much time to give to God. Let me tell you something about that. It's all his time. The sooner you put your life, everything that you have, everything that you are, everything that you'll ever be in his hands, the sooner you're going to get on with your life because he knows what to do. I told Chris, my golfer friend, the other day, I said, Chris, now imagine you go out to play and you got your clubs in a bag and in the middle of your round, the clubs begin to argue with you, (laughs) scream at you, pick me, pick me, pick me. (laughs) No, 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 not seven, six, pick me, six, pick me. Or that you would put them in your hand and then they start shaking around and trying to run away. It'd be a disaster. What you need is a willing, yielded club that will just let you do what you do and let it do what it does. And it works. So God comes along and he says, I got to hit a shot. I know this is a stretch, but just go with me. Um, I got to hit a shot. And he looks in the bag and you're not there. You know who he's going to use? Who's there? He's going to pull the club that's there. And if he has to play the whole round with one club, he can do that. Why don't we all get in the bag and let him pick us when it's time to pick us and be okay if he doesn't pick us, but every once in a while, we got picked. I don't know what your theology is, but I do know this. I got picked. I can't explain it. I don't understand how it works, but I got picked. And he picked me and put me in his bag and said, be ready. Get ready and be ready. So let's keep reading some verses. Paul clearly was one of those. He's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Go to Romans chapter 6. This is a very simple thing. I'm trying to state it simply so you'll understand what he's talking about. Romans chapter 6, look down at verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign or control or rule your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members, in other words, your physical body, your parts, as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but present yourselves to god as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to god so you say to hell or whoever you got to say it to satan himself like dude we're not doing this anymore i am not presenting my body to you anymore to do what you want to do with it i am going to present every body part that i have to God for righteousness so that he can use me. Then you become available for God to take your life and go wherever he wants to go, say whatever he wants to say, and then you're really getting played in the best of ways. We've got instruments back here. There's a trap set, there's a bass, there's a guitar, and a keyboard. As hard as that bass right there tries, all it can do is sit there in that stand. Now, it looks good. It might even be expensive, might be great quality but until that bass is placed in the right hands someone who knows what to do with it then all of a sudden that instrument comes to life I have seen that green guitar over there do crazy stuff for about an hour and a half the other day with a man sitting over here who when it gets in his hands I don't care what color you are (laughs) it'll mess you up You say, but it's just a guitar. If I go over there and pick it up and try to do something, you go, put it down, put it down, put it down, right? (laughs) Do you see my point? You put your life into the wrong hands and the whole world says, dude, what are you doing? That guy's playing you, he can't play. You put your instrument in the hands of God and the world itself will go, who is this person? What have you done? How are you able to do that? What else we got here? Romans 12. Now this is very simple. Some of you know these verses by heart. I don't care so much what you know by heart. I want to know what you're doing by life. So you know the verses. All right, let's follow us around a little bit, we who know the verses, and see if we're doing the verses. I'm not saying it doesn't do you good to know the verses, but if you're not going to do something with them, what are you doing with the verses? Look what he says, Romans 12:1. I beseech you, short of saying I beg you, which is kind of what it means. I beg you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, written to Christians, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, not on an altar to be killed, You're alive, but it's a sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Present yourselves. Conversations over and over with people. And this is kind of one of the number one responses. If I completely yield my life over to God, he is going to ruin my life. How many of you have experimented with turning your life over to God and discovered that he did a whole lot better with it than you ever did? Raise your hand. Now look around the room. And then we take it back. And we go run our traps and do our stupid things. And we go, what am I doing? And we yield it again. You can't take him out of you, but you can try to take you out of his hands and go do what you want to do. It's never going to work. It never has worked. Don't do it. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. You should really read this book. It's got a really, a lot of cool stuff in it. Seriously. So simple. Okay, Second Timothy chapter 2. Let's jump down to verse 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, from dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So what do you do? You offer yourself a living sacrifice. You go before God. If you got to do it every day or every minute of the day, you do what you got to do. You go before God and you say this, okay, God, let's just go through it. Let's do inventory. My hands get me in trouble. I yield my hands. My eyes get me in trouble, I yield my eyes. My feet get me in trouble, I yield my feet. I got sexual organs that get me in trouble, I yield every one of those. I got a stomach that gets me in trouble, I yield my stomach. I got taste buds that get me in trouble. And you go through and say, Lord, is there anything? I give you living sacrifice, everything I've got. And then you listen, you wait and say, okay, Lord, did I leave anything out that I need to be really careful and specific about so you'll know I'm serious. And when you get nothing, you say, okay, then I'm yours. I have put myself completely in your hands.
0: Please use me, play me all day long. Richard will be back in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I wanna share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest, real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at talks.com. And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show.
1: Now, As great as these musicians are that sit back here, these guys have heart and ability. No matter how great they are with any of this equipment, if you let God himself come in here and pick up one of those instruments, he will blow us all away because he's God. So what could God do with your life if you just became available and found out that you're being played by literally the same God who made the universe? There's no limit. The only limit is what God chooses to do with you, and you have to be okay with that. So if there's sin in my life or in your life, what do you do? You say, Lord, I got dirty tools. You're not going to pick me. It's too much dishonor. You've got to clean him up for honor. Let him clean up your life. It's so simple. Let him get you where you're available, whatever it takes. You can make him savior and not keep him as Lord shouldn't be possible. Shouldn't be possible. Lord means he's the boss. He calls the shots.
0: You belong to him. I belong to him. You've been listening to Richard Ellis Talks. We really appreciate that you've spent this time with us, but we want to keep the conversation going with you. A couple of ways you can connect with us is by giving us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD. That's 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is through our website, richardellistalks.com. You can email us, sign up to get the daily talk sent to your phone each day, write on the prayer wall where we can pray for you, or even stay in touch through our Facebook page at Talk with Richard. We love bringing you the program every day, but it means even more to us when you let us know how the program has helped you. So call 855-6Richard or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, if you enjoy the program, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us, richardellistalks.com. So until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.